Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Good morning. It is an honor to be here and to step into this pulpit again. And I ask you now to pray with me and for me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. We are continuing to further explore Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And so I invite you to turn to your pew Bibles, those of you at home with your Bibles, or if you have a digital version, I invite you now to turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I will be using the New Revised Standard Version. Hear now the word of God. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern the will of God, to discern what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body, we and individually, we are members, we are many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body, one body in Christ. Individually, we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, prophecy in proportion to faith, Ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, we heard Glenn tell us about how Paul wrote that God calls us, but he just doesn't leave us there alone. (laughs) He sends the Holy Spirit to equip us with gifts. And the important thing about these gifts is that they cannot be called back. God's gifts are irrevocable, amen? As we step out in faith, placing all of our allegiance in Jesus, 
we remember, as Paul did, that we, the disciples here at Centenary, are not the only people to whom God has made covenant promises. And so we step out in our faith in Jesus Christ while stepping towards our sisters and brothers through God's promises to Abraham, the physical and spiritual descendants of both Isaac, the Jewish tradition, and Ishmael, the Islamic tradition. We step toward these spiritual siblings with respect of God's irrevocable calling and promises to them and at the same time, confessing and speaking to be faithful to God's irrevocable calling and gifts to us as those who have built, born anew. Well, I was expecting to have a baptism today and I thought that would remind us of how we are born anew through the living hope of the resurrection in Jesus Christ because we come through the waters of baptism and are made a new creation. And so now we step out in our own identity in Christ. We step towards others in our extended family. And we step forth both within the community of the church and toward the wider world in the power of the spiritual gifts which we were given when we rose up out of those waters of baptism and been made new in Jesus Christ. So we are stepping out, stepping toward, and stepping forth. These three steps together direct us to live into God's promising future for all of us here at Centenary United Methodist Church in this place and abroad. Today, we know Meg, as we heard, is in Honduras leading our mission group whose members are even now building community with our neighbors there through Jesus Christ. On September 13th, we heard about the Nourish program that we'll be starting where we will have the opportunity to grow as disciples so we can continue to be in community with our neighbors here in this community through Jesus Christ. In our lesson for today, Paul is calling the church in Rome to do the very same thing, to be in community with one another and with the world. Now Paul, um, he had a long road to hoe. Before he came to Jesus, he was a faithful Jewish leader, had all of that background. And then he came to Jesus. And all of a sudden he didn't have those ranks and privileges anymore. And he had to suffer. And so he knows how difficult it is when people are coming from so many different places to build community. He knew that those in the past were been strangers to one another. They knew that the people in Rome would see one another as others. It was a crossing place for not only many different faiths and traditions, but ethnicities and cultures and countries of origin. Some may have been even enemies to one another. 
And so there were followers in the church in Rome who had grown up in synagogues and they had grown accustomed like Paul had to privileged treatment. There were followers who were Gentiles observing the Jewish law and teachings. And then there were still other Gentiles who had heard the good news from the evangelists on the street corner and had banded together. All of this diversity coming together to form the community that was the church in Rome. And Paul wanted to help them focus, to focus not on their differences, what separated them, any jealousies or self-interest, but on connecting in relationship with one another within the structuring power of God's mercy and grace and love. Hallelujah. 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 Paul emphasizes this for them in his letter and for us today. In the very first verse of this lesson, he wrote, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The people of Rome would have understood about making a sacrifice to God in their cultic form of worship. In their sacrificial system, as described in Leviticus, they were still practicing at the time of Paul's letter, they were practicing this in the temple of Jerusalem. But in this text, if we were all scholars of the language, he uses a different word here for body than what the people would have been expecting to read about a sacrifice for worship. They would have expected a word for corpse as a sacrificed animal or a dead body. Instead, Paul uses the word that refers to the whole living person, physical, emotional, intellectual, the whole human self, the word for a living, sentient being. Another surprise is that Paul does not specify people making individual sacrifices as expected in the cultic worship, but that each believer should offer his or her own body in union with other believers as a single sacrifice to God. In doing so, we move away from the focus on the individual desires and spiritual searchings and instead move toward experiencing real community as we begin to seek out and discern, as he calls it, discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This unified communal offering is exactly what we can do this very day across United Methodism worldwide through UMCOR. I know you must be familiar with the United Methodist Committee on Relief. We can make donations to help those suffering from the fires in Maui and Louisiana, as well as those who will be suffering in the path of Hurricane Idalis.
together as a worldwide community of United Methodists, we can make transformational impact. Through these gifts, we can still be the feet on the ground where the need is the greatest. And that feeds right into what comes next in Paul's letter. The final surprise in this verse is the word Paul uses for worship. It is also the word used for public service. So just as we offer physical gifts and prayers to God in sacrifice during our worship in this time and in this space, here or at home or in, when you join us again, just as we do so, we are called to offer the spiritual gifts we have been given in acts of public service, both in the context of the church community and its needs and in the wider world. For Paul, meaning and purpose are found in the midst of our relationship to God and others. Therefore, this is such good news. Each one of us matters. And each one of us has a special place in this larger community. Hallelujah. This community is not the conforming one of the society outside those doors in which we live, but one in which we are transformed from the inside out. When we connect to God through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, as we said earlier, we are made new creations in the water and the spirit. We are transformed and thereby we become transformers, and transformers are powerful things. I still remember when I learned this lesson in a very real way. Many years ago when I worked at Haynes on University Parkway, as I was leaving work, a summer storm was brewing. The sky was that funny yellow color, and the wind had picked up considerably. Before I could even reach the highway to come home, the storm was upon me and I had to pull over and I found an abandoned self-service wash canopy. Thinking I was safe until the storm blew over, I began waiting. And then I heard this frightfully loud explosion and saw a cascade of sparks as they showered the canopy and formed a temporary curtain on all sides. As the sparks faded away and I began to catch my breath, I noticed that the power had gone out as far as I could see. And I realized that I'd been sitting under a transformer and that transformer had been hit by lightning and knocked out. An electrical transformer, my friends, not a toy one. <laughs> and after that, I learned a little bit more about these electrical transformers. They are made to transfer electrical energy from one circuit to another. And often that transfer involves transforming the level of the current of voltage. So keeping that in mind, what would it mean 
if we were transformers. It would mean that as people transformed by Christ, we go into the world to transfer Christ's energy to the world, to allow the Christ that is in us to flow through to those who do not know the love and grace of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Paul then tells us as he writes to the Romans how we can be these transformers. He writes, for as in one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually, we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given us. In this message, Paul is telling us that every Christian is gifted for something that will benefit the larger body and that each gift is necessary. The community is not dependent on just a few professionals like ordained clergy to make things work. It takes the whole body of Christ working together to achieve this larger purpose of presenting God's presence and power in the world. My friends, we are called to go into the world as transformers in the guise of our daily work. Teachers, students, secretaries, doctors, nurses, chefs, waiters, musicians, landscapers, machine operators, attorneys, retirees, whatever we may pursue so that the love of Jesus Christ flows through us and reaches the world with the good news of the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen. A few years back, many of us watched the incomprehensible human tragedy that unfolded in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. And we also saw examples of transformational community builders people working together for the common good, using the special gifts God had given them to help others, public service. In one case, two young men, Matthew Marchetti and Oliver Carter, lifelong members of, wait for it, Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, used their special gifts to save lives in the aftermath of the storm. Marchetti, the owner of a tech company, witnessed the chaos and confusion when the 911 system was overwhelmed and rescuers could not locate those needing rescue. Marchetti realized he could design an app that would help. And so with Carter's expertise in real estate and another friend, Nate Larson, who had experience in rescue work, they created an app, much like Uber. We all know Uber, right? But this app was for disaster victims. The flood victim would enter their location, phone number, number of people in the home, their ages, pets, and any medical needs they had. They were then connected with the closest volunteer rescuer. And at the bottom of this app homepage, 
they included this passage from the Psalms. Rescue me from the floods. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who harm me from the deep waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me or the depths swallow me up. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. After reading those words, I think the people tapping in would have been able to see themselves in these words from the Psalms. For after posting this app on Sunday evening, they worked around the clock to get the, keep the site up and running. Friends and other church members pitched in by bringing food to keep them going and calling residents listed on the site to update their statuses. By Wednesday, Sunday night they got it up, by Wednesday, the site had more than a million hits. All told, the site handled 7,802 rescue requests. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My friends, how can we be like the young men in this story and be the body of Christ? How can we allow the Spirit's gifts to be poured out through us? First, we need to have a clear idea of what our gifts are. And the United Methodist Church, praise God, has a tool for that. Go to unitedmethodumc.org and just plug in the spirit into the search bar, spiritual gifts. And not only will it discern your spiritual gift, but it will tell you how to put it into effect. Next, we need to reclaim the passion of being new creatures. How we felt when we came up out of those waters of baptism and were made new. We need to reclaim that passion. And finally, we need to discern how we can unite each of our individual gifts into the whole to build the body of Christ that is Centenary United Methodist Church and expand into our community to connect with God's children who do not now know of his love. I invite you to pray on this. Pray about discerning your spiritual gift. Pray about rekindling your passion. And pray about being in connection and community with one another. And as you do, we also have the resource of Nourish, as I mentioned earlier. And you can talk to other members of the congregation who you know are engaged and involved and see if your gift can help in the ministry where they serve. My friends, each of us has a unique gift, irrevocable, as Glenn said, given to us. Now we can be the transformers of the, using those gifts, we can be transformer of God's love as we go forth and build community, a beloved community as God intended. Amen? Amen.
Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.